friends. Um, welcome to part two of um, my message of, of hope. So if you listen to part one, um, you know, you kind of know where we are. Um, <laughs> doesn't seem super hopeful um, up until this point. I know. Um, if you haven't listened to part one, um, you could do that. <laughs> I am basically just kind of how I explained. Um, it was, I feel like I want to take everyone on a journey through, um, just one of my hardest valleys um because you know it's like when I got down in this valley I realized there were so many people here so many people um in this valley of waiting on a promise or waiting on a desire of their heart um, for a child and and specifically people that you know deal with infertility or, or um, child loss you know no matter how long you have the child um, there's a lot of people that walk through this valley it's been paved before um, you know a long time before me and there will be a lot more people after me but while I'm in it you know I, I it's like I said you know I, I looked around in that bathroom and I realized I was in the middle of this valley with a lot of other hurting people and I, you know, I felt like God wanted me to, to reach out and start encouraging all the people that were around me in this valley. And, um, so at this point in my story, um, I had just found out that I was pregnant. I had taken a bunch of pregnancy tests. And decided, um, after thinking on it a while, um, not to surprise my husband or do anything funny or whatever. I just decided, or one morning just felt right to tell him. And then, um, you know, at this point, it's probably only an hour after I told him uh, that this is that this is happening, and I'm just kind of bleeding and unsure of what's going on, and and. Uh, and so I couldn't, because of this time we were in, you know, like I explained in part one, the, the studio loft apartment, all five of us. And so I could, I, I, there was nowhere I could go. I wanted to wail. I wanted to scream. I wanted to cry really loud and really hard. And I wanted to hit things. 
going to stop my foot. And I was in the middle of this little bitty tiny condo with people people above me and all around me and on the floor below me in the rooms right outside of me and so I was closed in this tiny bathroom for I mean this bathroom ended up becoming my my little sanctuary over the next four days um this is I guess you know, not to be too graphic or anything, but I couldn't, I couldn't stand to look at the blood. I knew, like I said, I knew something was wrong and I was asking my friends, I was asking I was Googling any any women that had had this happen before. You know, is it just, you know, implantation bleeding? Or, you know, how heavy should that be? Or, you know, can you have a random bleeding and the baby be okay? Um, so... tried to call a doctor um, and I explained to them what was going on and I didn't really know what to do but then I, you know and they were basically like well we can't see you unless you're six weeks pregnant and I was like okay well I had I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I had a positive pregnancy test. She was like, well, then you, you, we don't need to see you until six weeks. And I was like, I don't know if I will be pregnant tomorrow. And I, she said, well, you can call a women's care clinic or you can go to an ER. And so, um, I guess there really was maybe nothing they could do. Well, um, actually later I ended up hurting my leg pretty bad and I went to the doctor. And, um, of course, they had to do x-rays and all this and wanted to know if I was pregnant. I had to retell the whole story. And um, this doctor was very appalled at what I had been told by this OBGYN. And so I say that also to say Women, when you're going through this or something like it, if you happen to catch somebody that's maybe having a bad day, um, reach out again. Don't let that, don't let that ruin, um, ruin something in this process for you. I, I, I was like, ugh, I don't want to talk to OBGYN. I don't want to. It was just, I felt very shunned. Um, I don't know. It, it hurt a lot. Um, and so I, I, um, I just, I felt like I had no idea what to do. And everything I was reading was saying, don't, 
you know, in case you are still pregnant, don't treat it like a normal period or anything. And so, I couldn't, I couldn't stand to look at the blood because I just had no idea if it was, if I was watching that child slowly die just every time every time I saw it I saw I saw my child dying (laughs) so I decided to take a bath because I knew that would stop me from seeing it for the time being at least and as I was sitting in the bath, I started singing a song. Yes, I will. And I started singing it because uh, back in, I don't know, the beginning of the year, I remembered feeling like God wanted me to just tell people just to hold on that he hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't gone back on his promise. He He's there. And, uh, still good but he's still great he's still amazing and so uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to look back on one of the hardest times of my life as as a time where um I kind of shunned God. I needed him more than ever. And I could honestly, I could feel him. I could, I could feel him. I don't, I didn't know how else to describe it because I actually told my husband, I said, you know, The way that everything, I told him this later, the way that everything kind of lined up, it was it was as if it was designed to impact with the most hurt that it possibly could. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know how to take everything. I never, I never felt like it was a punishment or a I just felt like God needed me to know that he was there and I feel like it's hard to see that it's hard for people to see that when they're in the midst of this and when they're in those valleys and for whatever reason that God gave me this gift of, you know, kind of seeing things that other people don't see. 
I wanted all these other women and all these other couples to know that we weren't alone. And so I'm in the bath and I just, I just had to start singing. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy. When, when my heart is heavy all my days, yes, I will. And I'm sure it was a very broken uh, song. But I sang it as much as I could. So... I got out of the bath and, and, and over the next, uh, like I said, three or four days it was, uh, I could do nothing but ask God to love on me. <laughs> and I would ask him to just show me, and I would say, God, show me. Show me in really neat ways. Show me you're here. And um, and he would. Uh, people would reach out. Um, people would say things. And they didn't even know. Nobody knew that I was going through this. And people would just randomly, you know, send me a message about how they looked to me as a mom how they look to me as a source of encouragement and I was like thanks God thanks for showing me how you mind everything and so I knew that this was the time that you know I was really knowing what these women felt and I just you know I started I uh, started just kind of um, sending messages to to women that I knew and loved and that I thought maybe were struggling with a season of waiting sometimes I didn't have any idea if it had to do with infertility but I felt like they needed to know that God was with them. And he, he's planning such bigger things in this, this season of waiting in this valley. Just, oh, the mountaintop is just, it's, it's going to be beautiful, you know? And, um, and I just, I remember on like, I guess the third or fourth day, it was just, uh, it was kind of, um, it was just stinky. It was a really um, hard time for my body, physically, and it was a hard time because I didn't want to tell the kids yet, and I didn't want to tell anyone, and so I tried my best, uh, to, huh, to stay positive, um, 
I wept a lot to myself. But there were very, very, very real instances where I would feel like I couldn't even stand anymore. And I would just crouch down and I felt I felt God just wrap me in his arms and just let me lean into him and cry. Because I told him that I, I loved that baby. I loved him for putting it in me, for choosing to use this baby. And I felt that one specific time, truly, like a father would just cradle his child and say, I know it hurts. But he was like, my time is not your time. And this baby's life did exactly what it was supposed to do. This baby had a purpose. And just because it was a short amount of time that it was with you here, um, you know, don't view it like that. I I gave you this baby because this baby is a message of hope. And I love that baby even more. And um, so um, one of my friends said, you know, I reached out. I said, do you think I'll know this baby in heaven? And I just wanted some advice and some guidance. And um, she said, yeah, I believe you, you will. Just like any baby, all your babies. She said, I think you should pray about a name for it. And I was like, I didn't even pray for names for my other kids. <laughs> How do I pray for one that's already gone? <laughs> you know? But I was like, I'll do it. And so I just was driving and I was like, God you give me a name for this baby um and just a few minutes later I I was very 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 um overcome with Emmanuel Emmanuel and I was like that's a Christmas song I think God so I don't think that's a name and so I was like, that was so odd. And a Christmas song popped in my head in the middle of July. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, he was like, that wasn't a song. That's the name. And so in my head, I thought, wow, okay. I was thinking, though, that it was, I don't know, just that name seemed, um, I don't know. I was like, it seemed like it, it needed a I don't know, like a nickname. And I was like, it's a very like funny conversation. Like, I'm just going to tell you all kind of like I had a conversation with God. It was like, Emmanuel. And I was like, that's like a Christmas song. 
It was like, no, Emmanuel's the name for your baby. And I was like, that, I don't know. Are you sure? Like, I could it have like a nickname. <laughs> oh, bless God. I love him so much because he loves me for me and um, for he who he knows I can be for he who he's called me to be. Anyways, um, and I was like, uh, can it be shortened? And then I was like, Manny, Manny is really the only way I can think of to shorten that. And I, it didn't felt right. Feel right. I was like, uh, it felt, it felt like it was too masculine. And I actually said that to God. I was like, it didn't feel masculine. The, the baby, I mean, I didn't, y'all know, I didn't know this, this gender of this baby, but it just felt masculine. It felt too masculine and almost like the blink of an eye. He was like, Emma. So much so that I stopped, I pulled over, and I had to Google how to spell Emmanuel because I was like, is there the word Emma in it? And so I called my husband. I said, I think our baby's name was Emma. <laughs> and he said, okay. What a sweet name for a sweet baby. And what a sweet baby she was. And... She didn't exist long in, in this world, but she sure did bring me a lot of hope. And I hope <laughs> that that she brings that to others. I hope that um, that my my being in the in the valley uh, will encourage people to be able to sing and so even if we're all down in this valley we can make a really joyful noise because he still deserves it because we don't see the bigger picture of him working something beautiful and so we only see these small things and we think we don't it's really hard to praise right now nothing seems great but when we look back on it we don't want to say we went through that time and didn't praise. Even if you need help, even if you need somebody to praise for you, if you need somebody to sing with you, if you need somebody to cry with you, um, then I'll be that person. Um, this is This is a little bit of a longer one. Maybe I'll split it into three parts because... Funny enough, in between these two um, parts, you know, more stuff happened. Literally, just in between the four or five days in between these two podcasts. So I would love to kind of continue this. Um, It's very funny because I thought for a while that I was going to wait to share this with everyone because it was still very... um, personal it was still very real and still very raw for me and I didn't know the right time to share it um and the thing is I'm still going through it you guys right now I'm still waiting on that desire I'm still waiting on that promise but I have hope like never before I know he's with me I know he's with us even in these valleys, I know 
You can trust me on that. And so, um, this is part two, a message of hope. Like I said, it's not um, the giddiest and, and most jubilant of all messages, but that's because it's a message coming straight out of a valley, you know? Um, but hang on. I don't know when you'll see the fulfillment of his promises, but man, they're going to be good. They're going to be sweet. And when you feel like you're alone, please know that you're not. You are surrounded. You're surrounded by love, by mercy, by grace, compassion, and by a beautiful peace. So if you're in this valley, seek me out. Seek him out. Just so you know you're not alone. I love you. And yeah, I'll um I'll finish kind of the rest of it in another part. And that way I can kind of keep going because you know, I love that you guys are on this journey with me. Um I hope you all have a great day. And I hope that you feel blessed. I hope that you feel surrounded today by peace and by love. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.